Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And this week, we just want to reiterate that we didn't study, you know, etymology. Is that the study of words? That's what I, that is, isn't it? I was just going to say, I was like, I'm impressed because I'm pretty I wasn't sure going to use that word. I'm pretty sure that that's what that is. Yeah. Um, we don't have a degree in any of this stuff. I don't have a degree in neuroscience, even though I will be talking about the brain today. Yep. Um, but we're doing the best that we can. And we also did get a review saying, like, I'm glad that they say they don't know what they're talking about. Like, You're welcome. You're welcome. We're very self-aware we on this podcast. We are very self-aware. If you're listening to this podcast, you're basically just listening in on a conversation Keegan and I are having, and you're just, like, listening in. Yes. Join much. in. Join in. It just reminds me of that meme where it's the guy, like, sitting in front of that, like picture of the girls eating uh, eating um, cereal. I thought that was a girl sitting in front of, oh yeah, a girl sitting in front of like a picture of those guys it's a, talking. I think it's, no, it's the reverse. It's a oh. guy sitting in front of a picture of girls. I oh. think. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. And it's like me listening to podcasts. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> laughing totally along. Laughing along with that it. That is me. Um, well, this week we are going to be talking about a topic very near and dear to our hearts. We're going to be talking about Fucking swearing. And women who swear. <laughs> and all of that. Everything women that goes along with that. who fucking swear. That's right. Um, Let's so, do it. Like, okay, so to start out, I kind of wanted to ask you, growing up, what was swearing like or cursing like in your house? Um, I didn't necessarily hear my parents curse very often, but I started cursing from a pretty young age. I really enjoyed cursing. I hid it from my parents, but I, I got the permission to use the word frick. Oh, I see. Frickin'. Okay. Frick. Oh, frick. Said that a lot. And I had a friend that was like, stop saying that. That makes me uncomfortable. And I was like, what? I'm allowed to say this. But your parents didn't care. Like, they don't care that you curse now at all. No, not at all. In fact, like, I... the One of the big reasons I want to do this episode now is because I had a post on Facebook recently after listening to an episode of My Favorite Murder where they were talking about sinkholes. Yeah. And this, like, horrifying story. And so I posted on Facebook. I was like, I'm fuck, I'm so fucking scared of sinkholes. And my uncle slash godfather just said something like potty mouth. And then my aunt said something like, you shouldn't be putting this on social media. What if you're looking for a job? And I because it's 1954. Yeah, and that's for something real. that Here, employers concern it. themselves with. Yeah, she she just said really. I meant really, Madigan. I said, 
Um, I learned this from you because she has the biggest potty mouth I've ever heard. Of my- the first time I heard the F word, the first time I heard any swear word from this aunt. And then my aunt might as well be like a, nur- or a nurse, <laughs> a nun was like, oh my, dot, dot, dot. And then my mom got like pissed about this because she was like, what the fuck? Are you like, why are you coming at my daughter about her swearing on Facebook? And my mom goes, what can I say? That's my girl. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I understand people who have these kind of like antiquated views about cursing. I actually totally understand it because mm-hmm. in my household, not, n- not a thing, not a thing that right. people do. But um, I think it's but I think it's hypocritical when it's coming from somebody who curses a lot and sure. has cursed around me since I sure. was young. Oh yeah, for sure. And like why did she even comment that then? Right. I mean for me, honestly, I took it with a grain of salt. It didn't affect me. I was just like, haha, so funny, whatever. Yeah, that, then, but my mom me, was the one that kind of got like, upset get about it. Upset about cursing. I don't um I understand people getting upset. I just also understand that you can't dictate the way that somebody else, like, lives their life. And you also have to recognize that times have changed. And an employer is not going to deny you a job. Especially not in my lifestyle whatsoever. Yeah, no way. Well, and the other thing is, is, like, I try to be funny. It doesn't always work. But I, like, try to be funny on Instagram and Facebook. And saying I'm fucking scared of sinkholes really gave it more emphasis than being, like, I'm scared of sinkholes. Right, you want to... Well, I mean, and we'll get into that a little bit, too, but, like, cursing, it's not just a word. We'll we'll kind of get into um, how the brain processes curse words. Yeah. Because it's completely different than the way that it processes other words, and there's a reason why Mm -hmm. people curse and have cursed since the beginning of time, so it's kind of insane We're going to talk about history, we're going to talk about neurology, we're going to talk about monkeys, people. It's kind of of insane that it's such a gendered thing. It is a gendered thing. it's highly gendered societally, but instinctually, it is so natural and normal, Mm -hmm. and so you're asking people to kind of suppress something that is biological. There's actually a linguistics argument that the very first words ever to have been uttered were curse words. Yeah. So that, like, yeah, like, that's how speech developed, was basically, like, caveman hit his finger with a rock and said some form of, like, plosive curse word. Yeah, because... Because he made noise. Right. I mean, and it's kind of... And when we... You know what? Why not? I was going to save this for later, but why not just get into the brain right now since we're kind of talking about it? So... There are several different, like, areas of the brain. You've got the cerebral cortex that controls, like, speech and writing. Okay. And then you've got Wernicke's area, which recognizes and processes spoken words. And then you have the frontal, the prefrontal cortex, which regulates social behavior. So those are the things that kind of, like, control words and language. And then you have the limbic system, which is the basis for your reward system. It houses memory, regulates emotion, basic behaviors, flight or fight. So it's like your motor skills and all of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, or not your motor, motor skills. The basal ganglia yep. has your like houses your motor function and your Love impulse control. Love that con- basal ganglia. Control, yeah. So both the limbic system and the basal ganglia um, have basically nothing to do with language processing. They're completely um, like emotion based and like okay. like instinctual based, okay. and they govern swear words. So it's not even, like... Your linguistic side of your brain. Right. So whatever it is in your brain that registers a word as a word, 
That huh. part of your brain is not activated when you're when you say shit. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah, because swear words are based in emotion and instinct. The brain doesn't process them like regular words. So, um, so curse words are basically less words, and they're more of like an ex- an exclamation. Yeah. So they're basically your brain being like ah, yeah, <laughs> like screaming. It's yeah. more akin to that. Yeah. Than it is to actual words. Even when I'm just saying like. Well, I did this shit the other day. You know, I think it's different when it's used as a... Because there's actually, like, a difference between, like, swearing and cursing. Yeah. And the ways in which that we, because like, if, use those. Because if I'm if I'm cursing in a way that's like, fuck you, that's different. Right, that is a curse. You're that cursing a, yeah, that person. Rather yeah. than just being, like, this fucking... Traffic. I mean, even that is kind of fuck to me is a very like it's still a re- word. Yeah, and it's but still a release like, of it's still a release of frustration a lot of times. You right. know what I mean? But if I yeah, but if I was just like okay, so then the shit the other day was crazy because like even if it's not like when as it's used for emphasis, charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that if it affects it in the same way. I do know that like if you were to say like I was fucking stuck in traffic today, that is used as a show of emotion. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. emphasis, like it's both of those well, things. And it's interesting too because when we were talking about Taylor Swift, when she did her her um. When she was in court for her sexual assault, she said she would say that his hand was on my ass. She mm-hmm. didn't say bottom. She didn't say bum. She didn't say butt. She said ass. And to me, like that kind of drove it home a little bit more. You that get was, a, it was a it's choice a different of word. mental image. It is a that very you get. yes, it is, and mm-hmm. I think that was very smart of her because it is a little bit more shocking when someone says he grabbed my ass. Right. He touched my bottom. Yeah, yeah, I mean and historically, women have been more likely to use terms like that. Well, this um, is this is interesting cuz what I read is that research in the 90s suggested that men were using the f-word 1000 uh every 1000 per million words while women used it just 167, but today women are using the f-word 546 times for every million words, which is 6 per million more than men. More than men then or more than men now? More than men now. Women's has kind of gone up and men's has kind of stayed the same. Oh, that's interesting. But that's just with the F word. That's not with swearing in general. And I think you'll see a direct correlation if you were to look at a chart. You would see a direct correlation between the rise of second wave feminism and feminism in general and women's use of swear words. Well, this is what I said. I said probably because women go through more frequent pain and have more to be pissed about than men. (laughs) I mean... I mean, not to overgeneralize. You're not wrong. (laughs) I mean, what I read was that men still curse more in general. Like, men still curse on average more than women do. Um, Because it's still a societal conditioning sort of situation. Women are more likely to use things that are called minced oaths rather than actual swear words. Which is basically, like, when you say, like, fiddlesticks instead of, like, fuck. Oh, my stars! Yeah, oh, shoot, instead of shit. Like, women are more likely to use those types of words mm-hmm. rather than actual what swear. we deem to be swear words. Yeah. I read an interesting article where they were asking men how they feel about women swearing and most men uh, were like, you know, whatever, no big deal, fine. And then this one guy, this is a quote where I wrote fragile masculinity next to it that says, <laughs> I find it quite vulgar if a woman swears. I feel it makes them seem more masculine if she does. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is... There is that entire that entire aspect of it. It is considered a very masculine thing. And some 
years ago, some people believed that by swearing, you would actually start to take on different masculine characteristics, start growing more hair, start, you know, having a lower voice, that that was like a cause of women becoming more masculine yeah. physically. Yeah, I mean, and I also read that there was a... So both that study that said that women um, tend to use more minced oaths and this as well are both from this Berkeley researcher, linguistics researcher named uh, Rebecca Lackoff. Okay. And she says that cursing for women had long been considered dangerous because these words express anger and act as a substitute for physical ex- for a physical expression of aggression yeah. of or of anger because, because women aren't supposed to be angry and right. show that kind and of emotion. Men are more likely and it has been more acceptable for them to just hit each other mm-hmm. or whatever whereas women are going to express our anger in words and that's still considered masculine because it's aggressive. Right. So this guy Richard Elestry Elestry uh, wrote this book called The Ladies Calling in 1673 where he's he's the one that claims that um Women who swear are going to be, it says, um, women who swear are acting in a way that is biologically incompatible with being a woman, and as a result will begin to take a mas- <laughs> take on masculine characteristics like growing facial hair or becoming infertile. I'm sorry, when did he write this? 1673, apparently. Oh, okay, okay. And then it says, there is no sound more odious to the ears that of God than an oath of mouth of a, than an oath in the mouth of a woman. Yeah, Okay. Um, <laughs> he was great, guys. Well, just six, great. Sixteen, what year? Sixteen seventy-three. I mean, it makes sense, but I still found it interesting. In the yeah, I mean, in in if we go back a hundred years, in fifteen twenty-three. There was a book called On the Instruction of a Christian Woman that included observations Gosh. on what was appropriate language for women to use. And <sighs> newsflash: no curse words, of course. Uh, really? <laughs> Gee, didn't know. Uh-huh. But that stuff was being dictated, I mean, from the beginning of, as soon as the patriarchy kind of, like, set in, yeah. it was being dictated. And you can see it also in the curse words that we deem to be the most offensive. Yes. Like, we deem curse words that involve your mother to be offensive because yeah. that's kind of like, it's a Madonna and horror situation, it right? Is. Like, the Madonna side is like, if you curse someone's mother, then that's super offensive. Or calling something that is akin to a sex worker is highly offensive. So you've got kind of, like, both sides of the spectrum. And it's deeply rooted in, like, men's comfort or discomfort. Around women. (laughs) Uncomfortability. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I read an interesting study that Dr. Richard Stevens did. He's a behavioral psychologist who wanted to know why we do the things that we know are bad for us. And this isn't specifically geared toward women, but I still found this really interesting because for years, the medical field was saying that swearing is actually bad for us if you're in pain because it could be seen as like a uh, catastroph... I can't say this word. Catastrophizing? Uh, I don't know. Making a bigger deal out of the response. Like, by creating this... like. By saying a negative word, you're Mm -hmm. making a negative situation worse, basically. Right. And so um, what he did, and he was kind of like, meh, I don't know about that. So he took 67 volunteers, and he's replicated this multiple times with different people. In cold water? He would stick their hands in cold water, and he randomized whether or not they would use a swear word or if they would use a neutral word. And then they compared how long they could keep their hands in ice water. And the people who were swearing were able to keep their hands in the ice water longer than the people who were using more neutral words. Yeah, so swearing... Like sticks. Yeah, swearing has... Um, can, or is it's possible based on this study, now that it's probably not enough 
uh, evidence to say that that's for sure, for sure. But um, according to that study, it would indicate that swearing could have like a pain mitigating effect. Yeah. Um, and that study was in a neuro was in the neuro report in 2009. Yeah. And it it deemed that you could hold your hand in the ice cold water for 40 seconds longer on average. Yeah. Which I think is really interesting. And I actually believe that right before you. Okay. Two things happened to me today because <laughs> I'm super super clumsy and it's getting to the point where it's not cute anymore. <laughs> I um I've been clumsy my whole life and I think for a long time people were like. That's kind of like quirky and cute, and I'm like, it's not anymore. It's not. I'm, I'm no, too I'm old. Super clumsy too. I almost fell down the stairs, um, leaving for work today, and like landed. Like <gasps> to stop myself, I like put my arm down on the railing, and I have this big like like welt on my arm now. Yeah, that's cute. And so I'm sure that I cursed then. And then when I was moving the stuff out of the closet for us to get in here, I stubbed my toe really hard on the side, uh-huh. and knocked all my shoes over. And I cursed then too. And I think it's like. I think there is something about it that, like, it it does something in your brain. It all, it releases, like, feel-good chemicals in your yeah. brain that help you deal with the pain easier. Yeah, it's weird because I get really silent when I'm hurt. Like, if I stub my toe or if I were to fall down, I feel like I'll make, like, the first few, like, <laughs> sounds of a swear. I'll be like, shh. And then I, like, it's almost like I'm, like, gasping. Like, it kind of takes my breath away when I'm in pain. My mom will, like, yelp super loud. So maybe, like, it's because I find that so annoying. Maybe I, like, mentally try to, like, make sure I don't make sound. Because I'll be like, shh. You should make sound because I should. It, yeah, it does. It does help mitigate pain, even if it's not a curse word. I mean, it's why we yell whenever, like, right. women who are in labor yell, or whenever yeah. you're in a lot of pain, it's why your instinct is to yell. Yeah, is because it does do something to help, like, release. Yeah, I think release that pain. So, kind of to continue off of that, as far as swearing to make ourselves feel better goes, there's a lot of thought that swearing takes the place of crying for people. Like, as an adult, whenever something would happen to you and you would cry, or if you were frustrated or mad or angry or sad, but as adults, we've been kind of conditioned, women less than men, men definitely have been conditioned to believe that as you get older, you should cry less. So now, I think there have been studies done that indicate that you swear as a replacement for crying, the way that you would cry as a child. I feel like especially in men that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, especially in men. Jeffrey Nuremberg said, swear words don't describe your feelings, they manifest them. Because they're not words words. Yeah, they're not descriptive or... Well, they can be. They if can be descriptive. It, I'm fucking this or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be descriptive, but when used in... Um, in a motive way, like when you're hurt or sad, yeah. you know, I've definitely like screamed curse words when I'm like really sad too, you yeah. know, like, cause it's just something that kind of helps you cope with your emotions. And it almost seems like sometimes when you have your emotions that are that high, there's no other words that can really encapsulate. Em- yeah. That can embody what you're feeling. Yeah. So if you just yell a curse word, it's like, you're finally getting that emotion out. Yeah. It well, makes people take it seriously. It makes you, your body take it seriously and understand the the levity of your situation. Yeah. I was listening to a Stuff You Should Know um, podcast episode on cursing and kind of like the scientific stuff behind it. So a lot of that like brain stuff is, I got from there. Mm-hmm. And they described it as a quick verbal hand grenade. It's a way to like let off a pressure valve. So when you feel like pressure building, 
if you curse, it like it just lets, it it lets that pressure valve. And then you out. can kind of like let it go. Yeah, you can kind of forward. like equalize, normalize, you know, right. and move forward. Cool. Can I tell you about Washo the chimp? Yes, you can. You okay. should. <laughs> so I read this National Geographic article, and it was talking about a book written by this woman, Emma Byrne, who's from the UK. She wrote a book called Swearing is Good for You, The Amazing Science of Bad Language. Uh, she talks about how it can promote trust and teamwork in the office. It can increase tolerance for pain, like we talked about, and also about how humans aren't the only primates who curse. Ha, ha, ha. Let's learn more about that. So this is called Project Washoe. Chimps were, uh, they basically, they usually use shit to mark their territory and show annoyance. Like they'll throw their poo Uh when they're mad because they can't use their words. So if you want to teach a monkey or a chimp sign language, the first thing you must do is potty train them. And it kind of works the similar way with human where you start to realizing that potty training and like defecation is taboo. Mm -hmm. So they start then in turn using language and the taboo of shit to start swearing. That seems kind of it seems like a stretch, but the way that they explained it made a lot of sense. So they end up with a taboo around poo, like no, humans it, No, do. no, no. It doesn't seem like it. it's a stretch. It just... And I don't know. I'm just like, but that's naturally just what they do. And, like, it conditioning is, they, them to be ashamed of something that's, like, natural to no, their... No, but, but look at how... But it adapts. So what they did was they taught them signs for a bunch of different things. One of the things that they taught them was the sign for the word dirty. And the sign for dirty was bringing up knuckles to the underside of your chin. And Chim started using dirty like we do with curse words. Oh. And it's also interesting to note that Washo the Chimp is a female. Just, just throw that out <laughs> Throwing there. that out there. So to express anger, they would like smack their knuckles under their chin. You would just hear like chimp teeth clacking. Like. Mm-hmm. And um, they would sign, like I think one of the... Um, scientist's name was, like, Roger or something, and they would say, like, Dirty Roger or Dirty Monkey. Like, if they were pissed, like, Dirty Monkey, you know? And they had internalized the taboo. They had a sign associated with that taboo, so the language was being thrown around instead of the poo. Interesting. So instead of chucking poo at each other, they were like, Dirty Bitch, like... <laughs> right, I mean, and I think, I think that that's interesting because I do think it speaks to something larger about the place that curse words hold in our societies, right? Yeah. Like, it is a vocal marker that holds the place of physical aggression, right? True. Like, because you don't have to necessarily come to blows with somebody if you curse them out. Yeah. And not saying that that's a nice thing to do either. No, sticks but, and stones, guys. <laughs> but it's still better than physically hurting Beating the somebody. shit out of someone. Right. Yeah. It's, it's more civilized. So yeah. we've been conditioned to believe that, like, cursing is this, like, super uncivilized thing, and especially yeah. for women, this super unfeminine thing. Well, because for women, it would be uncivilized, but for men, where they're used to, like, you know, throwing hands... It's a little bit different. Right. I mean, and again, like, neither one is ideal. Yeah. Learn how to deal with your anger in a more healthy, healthy way. way. But, it, I mean, I do think it's progress. It's yeah. better than throwing your shit around, right. for lack of a better <laughs> term. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I found it interesting that there was this whole side about camaraderie with swearing. Oh, yeah. And how, like, you each, like, 
I definitely have different language with different friends. Of course. There's yeah. certain language that you and I use together that I don't use with certain yeah. friends. And it's not because I'm masking who I am as a person, but there's certain language that's appropriate in different situations. Yes, of course. Or different ways that you bond with the other person. And I think that's the kind of interesting thing about language in general, but especially with swearing, like, um, especially if I look at, like, my guy friends, especially, uh-huh. like, how my boyfriend responds to my guy friends or, like, stories he's told me about, like, the words that they use together as, like, a form of camaraderie. Right. Uh, where he would never speak to me that way because he knows that I'm a sensitive, delicate little flower <laughs> and would start crying immediately. But, like, they shit on each other and tease each other and joke with each other. And I, can, I, I can't take that. Like, I, you can't tease me. I will take it seriously. Um, but it is a form of, like... Bonding, right. and I feel like for me, when I've I've had conversations with friends, I'll be like, "Hey, because I'm so sensitive, you said this thing to me that really upset me, and if we're gonna be friends, you have to understand that like." It's cool if you say those to other people, but for me, it, it strikes a chord. It hurts my feelings. It hurts my feelings. Yeah. And the lack of swearing or the excess of it and which words you use, I think, is so unique to each relationship and friendship and that's yeah. something is really cool about it yeah and it does say something about like if someone it, it kind of tells you like where you're at with people when totally. they feel comfortable enough to say this or that in front of you yeah you know so that real. it kind of it's it can be a benchmarker for where you are in a relationship or a friendship yeah i mean it's interesting when i hear my bosses swear with me yeah and yeah. then like what i can say right it things- changes like if they don't, but if my parents were to have that kind of relationship with me, it would change the way that we could communicate together. Yeah, not, it definitely did yeah. with my parents. And I'm not saying for better or worse, because I, I love the way that I communicate with my mom, for no, instance. No, it just changes. And, and I don't curse in front of her out of respect for her, and I think that that's also something to take into consideration. Like, uh, again, like what you were saying, uh, what other people need from your, like, conversation or your communication with them. Right. But I do think that there is a certain level of easiness when you get to a point in a relationship or a friendship where you can just be, like... I can say whatever in front of you. Right. You know? Well, it's also that thing where if you're close enough with that person that you know that if you were to have a conversation about it, that it's... It would be okay. It would be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you, that you have an understanding with each other that it would be worked out. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about this. There is this long-standing myth, mm-hmm. and it is called the poverty of vocabulary hypothesis. Yep. So this is no longer deemed to be correct. Of so course not. for a long time there was this myth that people who swear do it because they can't think of other words yeah. and that they are of lower class or more poorly educated because they have a smaller vocabulary. I take such issue with this and I also take issue with this on the other side where I'm seeing articles that say women who swear are smarter. And the reason that I have an issue with this is because I think that intelligence can be measured in many different ways. And if you choose not to curse, I don't think that that means that you're dumb or that you're dumber than other people. But then on the flip side of that, I don't think that people who swear are stupid either. You know what I mean? Well, I think I would need to read those articles that you're referring to because I think you need to read what they're marking that against. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think it's important to learn what you're saying first to understand the history and the background, but now people are flipping it in the other way of going so far to say that, like, women who swear are smarter. Right, but when when they say smarter, what are they measuring that against? Do you know what I mean? Because, like, 
because because intelligence can be measured in a lot of different ways. So when they talk about like the um, poverty of vocabulary hypothesis, it is about vocabulary. They're talking about vocabulary. So yeah. they're basically saying that people who swear typically, and this is just the study, that people who swear typically have a better vocabulary. Like they right. are able to use words better. It doesn't mean you're smarter. But I've definitely heard people use that as a as like an excuse. Or, like, as a retaliation, if they're, like, getting in an argument with people. I've definitely heard people say, like, oh, but they say that, oh, they say that people who are running late are actually more creative. You know what well, I mean? I mean they yeah. use it, they'll use, like, a very blanket statement. That, that's anything, yeah. That's Pe- people, well, that's who are, I mean. people who are messier are, are more intelligent because of this article. But the thing is, like, people who are having that conversation, like, usually people who bring that up at a party. Yeah. Um are people who haven't read the articles and exactly. don't and they read the headline and shared it on on Facebook but right. they didn't read the article to understand well, where what the measurements for that are. And that's what I, and that's what I'm saying is I'm not saying necessarily what it said isn't true. I just take an issue with the title of the article and how a lot of really blanketed statements can be used. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just clickbait culture, though. Yeah, like, that's, that's just that's just having a headline but that people want to click on. But I think it's worth saying for the people who maybe have just seen the article headline. Sure, yeah, but I mean... To explain why it's yeah. specifically the vocabulary. Yeah, I would like to take this opportunity, though, to say, like, read the article. <laughs> like, we live <laughs> in... We live in a society now where it is so easy to read the headline of something and share it on Facebook without ever reading the article. And, like, you have to do that. Like, you can't just... We live in such a clickbait culture that you uh-huh. can't just be like, that applies to me, and I'm going to share that. And, look, yeah. we've all been guilty of it. I know yeah. I've been guilty of Same. it in the past. But it, we don't have that leisure anymore, yeah. you know? I learned something actually really interesting when I was in... I think I was probably, like, eight or nine, and my mom took me to a speed reading camp over the summer. <laughs> I was so pissed. Interesting. It was, like, it was, like, once a week I had to go to this, like, speed reading class, but something they taught me that was really interesting, and it was for, like, if you were taking time tests and you needed to get the gist of your information fast, uh-huh. because we are in a culture that's so, like, fast-paced. You have to absorb things quickly. Yeah. yeah you read the first paragraph mm-hmm. fully, then you read the first sentence and the last sentence of each following paragraph, and then you read the final paragraph at the bottom. Well, you know what? That's more than most people do. If they just did that, they right. could probably get the gist of, like... Exactly. But I feel like if you're going to get... Like, if you want to be quick about it and you want to fully understand, I feel like that's usually a pretty good way to yeah. go about it. Yeah. Tips from Madigan. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't take the time for whatever reason to read the entire article. And at, some are really long, and too. I there understand. are times where I'm, like, scrolling and I'm like, I want to know everything, but my God. Right. I understand that as well. And I also understand, and this is no fault of anyone's, like, except for the culture we live in, because me too, I get it. Like, our attention spans have collectively shortened. I know it has because I used to be able to sit down and like read, 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 read books. And like now I'm one of those people who I still read books, but I get distracted so much easier. And I mean, I, we're kind of getting off the swearing topic a little bit here, but I think, but I think it's also important to, for myself, I've said this in the past where if I find myself scrolling past something that I know I should be reading and, and, um, learning about yeah to click on it and to read it yeah don't you know read things that don't necessarily apply to you read things that you may not agree with read these things and really read them to understand things better especially if you want to be a person who is more open-minded okay but anyway getting back on to the swearing of vocabulary view 
I mean, that's really all that it is. There was, for a long time, and I've heard it said, definitely it was used in the church growing up. It was definitely used by my mom growing up that people who curse um, aren't smart. Or, or they have they, they have a very small vocabulary and they can't think of a better word to say. Yeah. And that's why they throw in a curse word because they can't think of anything else. Yeah. And again, as far as like a marker of your vocabulary or your intelligence, I think the reason why it isn't necessarily a marker of your vocabulary or your intelligence is because I think really smart people a lot of the time have a lot of stuff going on Mm -hmm. in your brain. And sometimes you do get like distracted or off track. And so maybe you will throw in like a fucking somewhere because you're just like your brain that fucking right. And it is again, not to be like, just read the headlines, but it is the same kind of reasons why they say that messy people are more intelligent because they have so, they have much, so going much going on. on in their brain that they can't keep things and why people who are late are or whatever is because like yeah. you have so much going on that you can't yeah you can't keep everything neat and tidy and i think right. sometimes that's also the case with cursing where it's yeah. just like you have your brain is going a million miles a second uh-huh. <laughs> and you can't always like put things together you know yeah but some people are real creative with their swearing. You oh, know very, what I mean? And very. like poetic with it yeah. in a way that's like cool. Yeah. Speakers who use taboo words understand their general expressive content as well as nuanced distinctions that must be drawn to use slurs appropriately. The ability to make nuanced distinctions indicates the presence of more rather than less linguistic knowledge as implied by the poverty of vocabulary view. Um, yeah. Yeah. Throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's really important not to, like, be so... Not to limit your idea of what you think intelligence is based on a really actually classist view. Classist and sexist and, um, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, especially classist because it's been so commonly linked to lower classes like yeah. poverty you know and i know that we have t- we've titled this episode women who swear and we've talked a lot mostly just about swearing in general but i think it's important to talk about the basis of how human and actually ancient the instinct to swear is yeah to set up why it's so fucked up that we have this view that women can't swear. Yeah. Because you're you're asking women to suppress something that is so ingrained into humans, you yeah. know? like Yeah. It's and, ingrained into human nature and why deny one gen- one gender to be able to Right. I mean to there, use it. There is also something really gendered about the way that we in the same ways that we allow boys to be aggressive and sexual and all of these other things. Or physically even get dirty. Right. I think is a big thing. Yeah, all of that stuff that we expect from boys, we expect our boys to curse to some degree. Well, because boys will be boys. Right, of course. Like, well, they're on the football field, and maybe that is something that they do. It's camaraderie. It's Right, exactly. It's camaraderie. Yeah. And we can recognize that in boys in a way that we we deem it to be unladylike in girls, in our little girls. I'm, like, I'm having, like, childhood flashbacks as we're talking about this, and the reaction... Okay, so remember I told you that I would, like, swear behind my mom's back? Like, Uh I would swear on AOL Instant Messenger all the time, and this girl that I skated with 
showed my mom my away message. Horrifying. Printed it out and showed it to my mom. Who was this? It was some girl. It was a friend of mine from skating. And her. Why would she do that? I don't know. But friendship she, over. Over. Um, it was a it was a very weird friendship. It was a very like emotionally heated friendship where we would be like fighting and then we'd be like best friends and it was just like crazy. I'm glad those days are mostly over. I know. Like, so good. My frontal lobe is fully like developed, developed now. now. <laughs> it's just great. So she hands this to my mom and my mom is like, Okay, like I'll have a chat with her about it. Like we talked about it. She said, you know, you have to be careful about what you put online. It was just more of that kind of conversation. But it wasn't necessarily like suppressing my uh, use of language. She was pissed that this other mom had the audacity to like. Can you believe? Can you believe what your daughter's doing? She was more pissed about the fact that like, what gives you any right to tell me what I'm doing wrong or what my daughter is doing wrong? Right, and you don't know how our household runs. Like you don't know right. like what we've had discussions about what is acceptable or not. Yes. You know. Oh, and I had a shirt from Abercrombie that's... I'm just laughing at myself with how fucking basic white girl it was when I was little. But it looked like a jersey, so I had a number on it. As did almost everything from Abercrombie. And then it just said, hottie. I think my friend had that t-shirt. It was red. Oh, hers was blue. Oh, well, maybe there's more colors. And I was asked not to wear that to the ice rink anymore. Why? They had a lot of dress code, especially at the first rink that I skated at, especially during ice shows. We weren't allowed to show our belly buttons unless we were 16 or older or if we had a solo. We, what does having a solo have to do with I, anything? I don't know. And then we couldn't, um, like, I remember I had, like, a mesh, uh, it was, like, a group thing. So I didn't even pick the costume. It was, like, a group ice show costume. And we had, like, a mesh piece over our stomachs. And someone was like, well, you're not supposed to wear that. And I was like, I didn't pick it out. Um, there was a girl who liked to wear, like, booty shorts while she was skating, which when I quit skating, it was super popular, and it's still super popular, just to wear, like, volleyball shorts mm-hmm. with tights. And they your shorts had to be a certain length. You couldn't yeah, show bra straps. It was this whole thing. So that's we're definitely kind of, going to have an episode about dress how, how sexist dress codes are. Right, but it also, the fact that I was wearing a t-shirt that fully covered me that said hottie. Hottie! But because, and I remember my coach having this conversation with me, and it was because I was like, I was like 10 or 11 years old. Mm-hmm. She felt like that was indecent for well, my someone mom, of my age. But, but Well, I mean, I don't but know. But my coach is not my mom. Right. My mom bought that shirt for me. Right. We went to Abercrombie together. You know right. what I mean? Like, I was a good person, and I did the right thing, and that's all my mom cared about. Right. I mean, and I think that that's the point, because my mom definitely would have taken issue with that. And I actually understand why she would have. Like, back whenever I was in middle school, the pants that said juicy on the ass mm-hmm. were, like, really mm-hmm. in. And my mom would never let me have that because I was a 12-year-old. Yeah. And I understand that now, like, As coming from her perspective, because... There is something to be said about, like, sexualizing Children. middle schoolers. And but also, like, I feel that a lot of times when it comes to... And again, we're going to touch on this more when we're talking about dress code. But I feel like if you're the one sexualizing middle schoolers, you're at fault, not the kid who's wearing it. No, I mean, of course, but also... I mean, again, we're totally off topic. Right, we are. But I mean, I'm more so getting to the fact that they had such a big issue with it, it, I did, it didn't say a swear word on it. There was no, like, offensive language. It was just funny. It was like a little... I'm 11 years old, and I'm not a child. Well, what I mean, did I'm it still, say? It said, hottie. Oh, I thought you meant your away message. 
No! My shirt said hottie. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Keegan! <laughs> no, because we started out talking about I your away message. No, I know, but no, I had this shirt on that said hottie, and they told me I wasn't allowed to wear that shirt anymore. My coach had this conversation with me. The away message was only between the two moms. They printed it out, showed it to me, but I did that thing where, like, I would do the black background, but then write it in black, and I had a Mac, so I couldn't see it, so I would write, like, dirty words. Right. And have it be, like, my own little secret, because I was like 12 and stupid mm-hmm. um but then like i guess there were some computers where i would show in white oh yeah probably pcs yeah yeah so like it showed up and my mom was like be careful not everyone's gonna be cool with this language and like had that conversation with me but she never scolded me for my language as long as i never said it like fuck you you're a bitch things like that Right. It wasn't used as a curse. Yes. It was used as a swear. And I mean, which is different. I'm pretty sure my mom and I have said, like, you're acting like a bitch right now. We've said things like that to each other that mm-hmm. can be really hurtful, well, but also drives home a point. And again, it's the kind of relationship you have. Yeah. Like, my mom and I would never say that to each other because it's not the kind of relationship no. that we have. And I think that it's all indicative of, of relationship and understanding where those boundaries are, like, within your relationship. And I yeah. think... I think that's, that's what curse- makes it special. I think I that's think. cursing in general. Or I think that's language in general, but mm-hmm. cursing especially. You know, it's like be respectful of other people's boundaries. And I do try to. Yeah. You know, I say as much cursing as I want on this podcast because guess what? It's my podcast. Like I yeah. can say as much as I want about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do try when I am in public because I curse like a sailor. The way I am on this podcast is the way I am in life. Like, that's the way I am in public. Yeah. And I do try if I am around people I don't know or children or whatever because I don't know what their rules are to try and, like, pull myself back because it's a... I think that's part of why people think cursing is offensive is because you know that some people find it offensive and you do it anyway. Yeah. And when you do that... I feel like it could be seen as offensive because yeah. you know that someone might take it like that. You know? Does that make any sense? It totally makes yeah. sense. I find it interesting how my brain shifts when I'm at work than when I'm in life. Yeah. And I find that if I start talking about more adult subjects with kids, I have to kind of watch myself a little yes. bit more. But most of the time when you're talking with kids, there's no... there For me, at least, there's no reason why a swear word would come up. Chris has sweared a couple times around the kid that I babysit for and, like, caught himself. But, like, nothing bad. Like, you know, just little... Like, like oh, I shit. find it harder when it's, like... Like, when I'm with my friends who have kids and, like... Because you're with your friends! And I'm used to just being with them. Yeah. And so, like... Sometimes I have to remind myself, I have definitely accidentally, like, had to, like, throw my hand in front of my mouth. Yeah. In front of, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Be- and usually they're like, it's fine. But, like. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like when I'm a parent, I'm going to have, to, I, I'm probably just going to have that conversation with them where it's like, look, these are words that, because I don't, I just don't like when people label things as, like, only good or only good bad. Good or bad, yeah. So I feel like that's kind of the parent that I'm going to be, where, like, everything is kind of a gray area when it comes to, like, language or, like, people who, yeah. you know, do bad things aren't bad people, you know, things well, like I mean, that. Well, I mean, and curse words aren't bad. Like, as we've, like, They're already not. kind of established, I think that it is important to teach children that there is a time and a place to use curse words. And a way to use them. Yeah. To be intelligent about them and not just to be throwing them around. You know, I think that it's... It's important 
for them to learn about it rather than it's kind of like, you know, I mean, it's a completely different thing. So don't think that I'm thinking it's the same thing, but it's kind of like having the sex talk, you know, like by, by giving them the knowledge, you're giving them the choice and the understanding of like what to do instead of just telling them not to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if you're giving them the tools, they'll use it appropriately respectfully they don't want to hurt people's feelings all of my siblings curse including myself and we were raised in a household that didn't do that so it's not saying like there's bad parenting or right or like you know it's one of those things where it's like you can tell your kids don't do this all day long but there is an element of rebellion in getting older and kind of experience when you're outside of your parents house or whatever and experimenting with with like with, like, curse language, yeah. you know, like, or swear language. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, for me, I'm not going to have it be completely off the table. Like, I'm never going to say these words. These are bad, and my kids aren't going to even know what they are. I would rather have my kids have an understanding of what the language is and what it means and how to use it appropriately in a way that will not hurt somebody's feelings and know that he the, get the knowledge, understand it, but I don't want to hear you say these words until you're older and we have that different type of relationship. Because if you're in my house, I don't want you saying these things. Right. I you mean, know, still having yeah. those boundaries. Well, yeah, I think there's... But in, having the, yeah, the knowledge. Yeah, it's important to have... Like, definitely my relationship with my parents has changed. Like, because it when you are a kid, it's important to have, you know, kid-parent boundaries. boundaries. Like, And Very then you important. get older, you have adult-adult boundaries. Like yes. They're still your parents, but, like, you're adults talking to each other. Yeah, it's a different kind of respect for each other. But speaking of cursing at work, um, as we were talking about, that is becoming a far more common thing yeah. than it was in our parents' generation, for it instance. It teamwork. Again, yeah, it does. So, in a 2016 study, um, it showed that women curse more than men at work, or rather, women admit to cursing more than men at work. So who knows if that's the truth or not, or if women are just more honest. That's actually really funny. That like women just, curse more? Or that I that, curse at work. No, I think it's funny that they admit to it more than men. Because yeah. I feel like men are, like, putting on this facade, like, no. I'm super professional. No. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, don't do who that. knows? Like, maybe women do curse more at work. I curse at work. Yeah. Um, but... It, it is also funny that you have to put that caveat on there. That it's just like, because men curse more in general. So women curse more at work. It's kind of like, is that true? But I also um, feel like when it comes to female relationships, like if you're talking woman to woman, it tends to be like a deeper... More free. Bond in general. Yeah. Like, at least at first. Yeah. Like, I feel like for men... Typically, it'll take longer for them to grow a certain relationship and comfort level with each other. Where for women, like, I'll compliment you on your shirt. Yeah, we'll have something in common, and it'll create... You're slowly creating more and more of a bond, and that tends to happen quicker. Well, and I would also be curious to know, and this I just thought of, but I would also be curious to know how the power dynamics of women generally not being in positions of power as often at work plays into their cursing with each other. Because, Because if your bosses are men you're probably not going to be cursing to your boss, and he's probably no. not going to be cursing to you. But if your coworkers are women and you guys are all on the same kind of, like, level, yeah. you're more likely to be cursing to each you're other. You're creating a, a, yeah. a, little, a little friendly gang. Right, yeah. So I wonder how much that play, those, like, power dynamics, those gendered, like, power dynamics play into that. I think it that. totally plays in when yeah. it comes to work. Yeah. You know, it's it's I don't really have a lot of, like, office work experience, and my only office work experience has been when I worked for my 
my boyfriend's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit different, it's but a I different, still, yeah. but it is, it is funny how my language did um, change after starting to work for him and seeing him as a boss rather than right. just as my I mean, and it does change with time. When you start a new job, you're buttoned up yeah. and you're like, you looking, look nice every you're day. You're looking good every day. Yeah. You're not cursing. I look like a sloth when I go into work now. I look wrecked and I say what I want because I've been there for so long. Remember like, when you went to work after drinking absinthe? Oh, yeah. In a man's t-shirt. In a man's t-shirt. I mean, granted, that was a Saturday, so there was no one in the office but me, but still. But still. Yeah. Rocky. Um, So, 66% of millennials say they curse at work, and I imagine that number is going to grow with Generation Z and beyond. Because we don't hold the same... The same moral value to cursing. Yeah. Yeah. And 54% of baby boomers say they curse at work, which is still, I mean, over half. That's quite a lot, but I I wonder if it's male or female, because I feel like it would be mostly Male. male. Because I think it's a lot of male camaraderie, same thing with, like, sharing a drink in the office, going out for drinks Well, I mean, and again, like like we said, as far as like the gender gi- dynamics, as far as like women cursing, um, and how that number grew as feminism became more prominent and more yeah. like regular in society, I definitely think that like baby boomer women curse a lot less. Yeah, and definitely not at work. Yeah, you it's, know, it's interesting when I look at my mom's family. Because she is one of five. She is the second youngest child. But there's... And there's a two-year gap between each of them. But between my mom and her younger sister, there was a miscarriage. Right. So you said that before, they, yeah. So my mom's younger sister is four years younger. And it's even interesting to see the differences between my mom and her younger sister. Yeah. Her youngest sister, she's the one who has a sailor mouth. Mm-hmm. Such a sailor mouth. My mom would be like, shut up. Like... You can't say that around the kid. She's like, ah, fuck it. You know, she was that kind of person. So it is interesting to see, like, even though, you know, my mom was born in 51, she would have been born in 56. Like, it's really not that big of a difference. But, like, my mom graduated high school in 69. Mm -hmm. You know, her younger sister would have graduated during the 70s. And that is where a lot of the feminist movement started, you know? Right. So it's interesting to see how even that short amount of time, although my mom does swear... And has sworn for a long time. It is interesting to see how openly one sister swears than the other. The ease with which you do it changes in that very small amount of time. Yeah. I mean, I think it also speaks to, like, where you're from, too. Yeah. You know, where you're from in religion, I think, plays a big part in it. But I also think that they're from the same place. They were grow. They grew up with the same religion. They both still. They all still go to church very often. Yeah, it's interesting because they were raised exactly the same way with the same religion in the same home in the same city. Yet their language is very different, and the way they speak to each other is very different. Yeah, well, I think so it's it also. Fun to see them together. Yeah, I think it also has to do like yeah societal changes for sure, but also like I comment on this all the time with my little brothers, where like they got different parents than me and my older brother did. How so? Because whenever there's a gap in in time, mm-hmm. and when you're not in the first pat, like me and my brother, it was way stricter. Like mm-hmm. my parents were way stricter with us. They are so much less strict with my younger siblings, and I hear that that happens. All that, that's, no, that that's very sense. typical. A- Anthony feels the same way about like the way that his youngest brother was brought up and the way that they were brought up. It's because you get to this point where things, the parenting style becomes way more relaxed, too. Yeah. You know, like, my mom would not be cool if she heard them swearing, but at the same time, they are so much freer and looser 
with their language than I was at their age, that I think it is a societal shift, but I think it's also a... Generational. It's a, it's a parent parental yeah. shift, you know what I mean, as well. Like, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I wonder if me having older parents... And being an only child had, like, a different I'm effect. sure it did, because... I'm sure it did, because my mom, I'm certain, when she had my older brother at 21 and me at 22, I'm sure there was a certain element of needing to get it right. Yeah. You know, and doing all the parent things that you're supposed to do, which is, well, like, make sure your kids don't curse. Well, she wasn't her ways yet. Right. Like, she I was still like... figuring out what was okay and wasn't okay for herself. Yeah. Like, I'm 28, and I don't have all that stuff figured out. Yeah. So imagine having two small children, like, in your early 20s. Yeah, being paranoid about getting it right, or I wonder, like, with my parents, if it was more so, like... I mean, and I'm saying... They knew that wasn't going to affect you super badly. Right. Well, bad and, language, And you know? I do want to say is that they didn't curse around me. They really didn't. But I I would watch movies with my mom. I watched Legally Blonde when I was very young. I watched PG-13. Oh, my I mom and I Titanic actually watched... when I was really young. My mom and I... My parents took me to see Titanic. That movie came out... When I was uh, 97. 97. I was five. I was seven, and my parents took me to the theaters to see Titanic. Yeah. I, it was an event. I went behind their backs. I went behind my mom's back and watched it with my babysitter, telling her that I watched it all the time. And I kind of got in trouble, but, like, I never really got grounded. That was the other thing. My parents were just kind of like, you know, I got spoken to, and, like, you know, they would talk to me about it, but they weren't like, you're grounded, you know? Yeah. So... Um, yeah. Well, we've been kind of all over the place with this episode, but... But I think that the idea drives home with the idea about cursing, and I think that it's... As much as we are talking about women cursing, I think it is just as important to talk about just cursing as a society and what it means and yeah. what it means through the years. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I think it's important to start removing that stigma Yeah, while still maintaining the understanding that because cursing, they're not just words. They're something that are attached very primally to an emotion in our in our brains mm-hmm. that we do need to be aware of when we use them and how we use them. But and also not criminalize the... them in such a way yeah. where they're demonized so thoroughly, especially for women. Especially yeah. for women where we're taught to be so polite and all the time. And again, especially when it comes to class and when it comes to race. Right. I think it's important to not judge somebody yes. because they are a certain race and they use certain language. You can't yeah. expect, you know, you can't be okay with your white friend you know, swearing yeah. and then not be okay with the black woman saying the same thing, you know, or the... Right. Black- stop stop weaponizing language. And this can be said for not just cursing, but also um, cultural, cultural language yeah. or um, dialects or slang that might be specific to certain cultures. Stop weaponizing it against yeah. cultures or socioeconomic groups or genders. Yeah. Um, you don't have to white out your language. Right. Yeah. I think that's what's important. Yeah. I was just, I just finished watching Orange is the New Black, where they were talking about when one of, I'm, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, chill out. Well, maybe it's like a mini spoiler. But it's like a, a person so of color. So if you're worried about that, fast forward right now. <laughs> it's not anything, it's like, a, it's a person of color going to, going to court. That's all I'm going to say. Where they're told, you know, to use proper grammar and proper language and things like that. So that's kind of why it's also in the forefront of my mind. Right. I, I mean, that. well, I think that. That is, I feel like we've not ever had one episode where we weren't like, we should do an episode on this other thing. But (laughs) I do feel like um, language in general is something that needs, especially like cultured language, because 
things like ebonics are also demonized mm-hmm. and deemed to be if you speak in a certain way, you're deemed to be less intelligent. Yeah. And you're not. <laughs> it's a cultural dialect. Yeah. Um, so I think just in general, we need to stop weaponizing language because it serves a purpose for everyone. And, and I think that it's like each person's little like fingerprint of who they are. Right. Like, and we need say. to stop we need to stop equating it to your moral character. Like yeah. there's something immoral or impolite or unladylike, if we're talking about women, about using certain kinds of language. It just seems so crazy to me, like, if I were single and I were to date a guy and he would be like, oh, can you not say fuck? I'd be like, I would be fucking like, goodbye. Fuck no. Yeah, like, like that no, doesn't no. even. But, like, it's funny because that just seems so out of this world to me. I mean, like, and again, and again, like, I respect your need to it, it, whatever like if you if you dislike that kind of language i respect that about you but i don't have to stick around for that and you don't get to use it as a moral weapon against me or if you're saying something if you're using that word and then you say no you can't use right. it right that's a di- that's the difference like that is really the difference is like if for moral reasons because your moral compass is wherever it is and you feel like that's an issue for you that's fine. You can do whatever you want with your life. But when you start saying, I don't like women who do this because I think that it's unsavory for a woman to do it. It's unfeminine. Right. But you do it in your life. That's a problem. Or if you try and like dictate what someone else does, because what I would say if I was on a date and they're like, I just don't like cursing. I don't do it myself either. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, this relationship isn't going to work out. Well, what I you know? would say like, is if someone said I don't like cursing, I would ask them why. I would ask, like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Tell me tell me more about that. I mean, I would, but also, like, look, man, you can have whatever views you want on anything. Like, I, I don't... If, if it doesn't affect my life, I, I'm kind of so, like, live and let live about that. Yeah. But... I'm not saying this guy's getting a second date. Yeah, I'm but saying, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah, tell exactly. Me, tell me more. You know, yeah. I want to understand. There are certain friends that I that I don't swear around because I know they're that they live a different kind of lifestyle, and I still care about them as people. So I want to be respectful. Yeah. So for sure. But I think in general, it kind of just boils down to like, don't fucking tell people what to do. What the fuck is that on your hand? Is it tape? Is it tape? It oh, it's like tape. A, oh, it looked like a tiny little bug. For a yeah, it did. I it did. Out. No, it's tape. I must must have come off that table. But it's like, don't tell people what to do. <laughs> in general. You know what I mean? Well, like, I mean, I, I like... think that that's the end of most of our episodes. It's just like, <laughs> don't, just don't tell other people what to do with their lives. Like, that's the thing, that's the thing that gets me, man. Because now I have this podcast and I also have a dating podcast, right? And like, we get submissions from people all the time who are like, they'll send us their exchanges on Bumble or whatever where... Oh my God, I would like pull my eyelashes where, out. Where people like badmouth their tattoos and they're just like, you're a pretty girl, but you have all those tattoos and it's uh, ugly. Or, fuck you! Or whatever. And it's just like, exactly, exactly that. It's like, look, man, if you don't like it, keep on swiping. There's someone yep. else here for you. But you don't get to tell other people how to live their life. Like, you just don't get to do that. You don't get to tell them what kind of language they want to use. Amen. As long as it's not you know, bigoted language. Yeah. You don't, as long as it's not or hate speech. as long speech, as it's not hurting somebody. Yeah, you don't get to tell other people that yeah. they, they, whether or not they should say the F word because they're a woman. And like me, if you're hurt by something that somebody says, say something. 
don't just let it ruminate inside of you and like get pissed about it. Like say, Hey, when you said that certain thing, it really affected me. This is why if we're going to be friends or have some sort of relationship, this is what's up. I'm not saying say that to the stranger that you met at bonds or, you know, whatever, but like, but if you are making a blanket statement about women in jail, just look, if you're a person who says, if you start a sentence with men prefer women that Uh stop right there. Rethink Take what you're about to say. steps back. Yeah. Rethink what you're about to say. And then maybe don't say it. Yeah. Because women don't give a fuck what you think. Nope. <laughs> and you can find someone else who offends you less if yeah. that's the situation. But don't ever say men prefer this or that because what you're saying is you prefer this or that. Yeah. Because... I have a boyfriend who's perfectly fine and happy with the way that I talk and the way that I look and my tattoos and all of the things about me that make me me. Yep. So don't ever make a blanket statement. Don't make statement. a blanket statement that yeah. all men are that way. Just like you shouldn't make a blanket statement that all women are a certain way. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so... I, I think that we pretty much... Covered I mean, our bases. We did. We talked... You know, we started out with some great facts and things and kind of went off the rails a little bit, but that's 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 us. That's the nature of our podcast. That's the nature Welcome. of us. Welcome, if this is your first time listening, to your angry neighborhood feminist. Yeah, stick, <laughs> stick with us. I swear we become more endearing, right? Do we? Right? I don't Do know. We? I really don't know. I mean, we have some very loyal listeners. That's true. If we're annoying you, please let us know. <laughs> Uh, I so might, we can rethink our lives. I might cry. <laughs> Look, man, we gotta know. We gotta know these I things know. in a nice way. Yeah, be nice. Be <laughs> nice, guys. So th- th- give us some of your input on some of this. If you've had stories or instances where you've used certain language that's made men uncomfortable, especially, but just people in general, you know, uncomfortable or mad, or if you felt that you were being treated unfairly because of the language that you use what your thoughts are on women who swear. Yeah, or just, just people who swear, like yeah. what that what that means, because I thought in researching this episode it was very interesting to me that it's not just it's not just a choice you, you make to be crass or whatever. It's very specifically It's thought out. It's methodical. Or it's or not, or it's just instinctual. It's just yeah. part of like who well, we are. Because yeah. It's just the nuanced part of your, your your own unique self. And everybody kind of has, like, a favorite swear word. What's your yeah. favorite swear word? I mean, I have to say it's definitely fuck. Mine, too. Like, I say fuck so much. Yeah. Way more than I should. Like, well, not than I should, but, like, way more than I ever thought I would. Yes. Because <laughs> one time I tried to keep a tally. I was like, I'm going to keep a tally of how many times in a day I say fuck or some variation of fuck. But you forget because sometimes you say it and you don't even realize that you you're say saying it. You say it just in a sentence. Yeah. Like, or you're just talking. And that's definitely the one. Sometimes I'll say shit if I, like, step mm-hmm. my toe. But more often than not, if I'm falling down the stairs, I will say fuck. fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. So definitely that's I'm, my favorite. I think I'm the same. I don't say ass very much. I'll call people assholes, but I don't just say ass, period, very yeah. much. Like, she's got a nice ass. Dad ass. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't say dad ass very much. Um, shit, I say sometimes. Probably. I say damn. Damn it. That damn thing. I don't thing. even. I, I mostly say shit and fuck more than anything else. I think I say damn shit and fuck the most. <laughs> Great. <laughs> One word that I... It's funny because I was talking to... I, I had a friend who really didn't like the word pussy, but was okay with the word cunt. Or no. Interesting. Yeah, it was okay with the word cunt. Interesting. Cunt took a while for me to 
to make it fit in my mouth well, and it still really doesn't, and pussy doesn't really fit well in my mouth very well. I like the word cunt, but I refrain from saying it often because that is one that has lingered on as offensive to people like like and some people just still find it so offensive yeah that you really have to know the room when you gotta like feel the energy of the room before you say say it entirely jokingly with a close friend like fucking cunt yeah no like (laughs) totally like with you i wouldn't have a problem with most of my friends i wouldn't have a problem but it's not one like i'll throw out a fuck in a group of people that i don't know yeah i wouldn't throw out a cunt in a group of people that I don't know. I wouldn't throw out a cunt. Okay, I wouldn't frisbee it out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, okay, and then the other thing, too, is, like, I feel like pussy is such a sexual... Pussy weirds me out. Pussy, yeah. yeah, because I feel like it is a hateful... It can be such a hateful word towards vaginas. It's a very pornographic word towards vaginas. That's how I feel, too. And, like, like I don't want someone to call my vagina a pussy. Unless I'm calling my vagina a pussy. Yeah, I'm I'm conflicted on that one. There are times when I'm, like, really fine with it, and then times when I'm, like, it depends on how it's said and who's saying it. Yeah. Because then I'm just, like, that's gross. It's a very particular one. But those ones is interesting because they're not really seen as swear words. It's just right. more, like, taboo words. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting. And I feel like those right, I words, don't think... especially when it comes to cunt and pussy. Right. It it is very much a feminist issue because it has so much to do with women and how women perceive those words well, and their history with those words. Agreed. And I also think that and I swear we're wrapping this up, but I also think that um and this is something that I touched on briefly when we were talking about the brain and how that works. A part of that is the, because when we say curse words, when we shout fuck in our car, it it doesn't trigger the word processing part of our brain. It triggers the emotional processing part of our brain. When we say fuck in our car when we're driving, we don't picture fucking or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but when we say but there's pussy, a visual image right? Of what that so is. I think that it is not the same as another swear word because it. I don't think it's linked in the same way yeah. to like emotion. I think it's linked to an image of something in particular. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, also like when someone calls someone a pussy. You know what I mean? There's also right. there's still like a lot of really like hateful connotations. But that's with super that sexist. It's yeah. Incredibly yeah. sexist. Yeah. Yeah. It's one that you know how I talk about how like certain things that are said just like make my vagina sew up a little bit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That pussy is one of those where I'm like, oh, don't see it yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. You, it, I tighten those Kegel muscles real good. I'm with you. Yep. You know what word I do like, though, which is along the same vein, is what? tits. Tits? I like tits. Tits is fine. I don't... It's fine. <laughs> like, I'll, I guess that's okay. I like tits. Fine. I mean, I like tits... In certain... I, I like tits. tits. I like tits with women, like when women are talking to each other. <laughs> I don't like yeah. tits as much when it's a guy saying it. I don't so much like it. Like, if I was in bed with someone, they'd be like, show me those tits. No, I'd be like, see, no, 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 no. No, like, that's the thing. with In a sexual way, I don't like it. I'll be like, oh, titties. I didn't mean to say that. Like, yeah, yeah. In a sexual way, I don't like it. When I'm talking to my girlfriends, I like it. Be like, ah, oh, titties. I messed that up real good, didn't I? Yeah, or like, that's the tits. Like, I love that's that. That's tits. And you're just like, oh, my God, that's that's the tits. <laughs> It's the best. Because boobs are the best. They are. King and I love you. (laughs) 
speaking of boobs, so I have much. sweat underneath my boobs right now. I can't believe um, that you're in flannel pants and a t-shirt. I right couldn't now. find my shorts, so oh, here my, we are. How are you not naked? I right have now? no bra on. Not that that matters. You've definitely seen my. I've boobs, seen but your boobs. Anyway, I, with that said, God. <laughs> with um, that said, we. Uh, okay. If you want to email us. Thank you, Kagan. Please do. If you need to, if you need to, if you want to email your sister solidarity stories to us, let us know which curse words are your favorite. Um, please do. Our email is neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. I really miss getting like legit emails because I just get like new Twitter notifications, but I don't fucking yeah, care. Yeah, no, I'm never on Twitter. Yeah, so send us an email. Like just please. send us a, a hey, how you doing? Talk to us. We guys. love that. We love it. It literally, as much as you may be think that like we don't care it literally makes I love it yeah I love it so much so please email us neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com please um, send us DMs on Instagram our Instagram handle is angry neighborhood feminist you can get on our Twitter we still get new Twitter followers all the time and I I feel very bad that I'm not on there enough but um, I think I'm gonna like maybe tonight before I go I'll set an alarm and like at least just tweet something. Like we st- we share like the stuff that we post on Instagram and stuff right, on Twitter. Right, but it's not the same because it doesn't come up. It's like a link to Instagram, right. which I don't like. So um, maybe I will try to at least just say something every day. Yeah, some nonsensical thing that comes into this crazy Madigan brain. Yeah, please do. So you can follow us on Twitter and follow that craziness at Y A N F Podcast. Um, we also have a Facebook group. We have a Facebook page. So get at us. Get at us wherever you are. Please we do. we love hearing from you. As guys. much as we can, you know, input a lot of this stuff. A lot of it does have to do with your guys' involvement. And I do have to say that if there is a place that you need a community with people who are really amazing and thoughtful and wonderful and supportive. The people that we have met through this podcast are fantastic. Amazing, yeah, super so great. So if you, you know, are commenting on Instagram or if you're on the Facebook page or if you're not on the Facebook page and you are on our Instagram, get on there and start talking with each other because we all really need the support. Yeah, yeah, especially right now. So yeah. um, I guess with that said. Well, okay. Can what? You, can you please rate and review us on iTunes, guys? Yeah. Guys, please rate and review us on iTunes. We're doing Reviews Day Tuesday. You, yours will definitely be shared. Um, it, it Honestly, that means a lot to us as well. As much as we love getting your emails and everything like that, like that's always going to be our number one priority. But as a business standpoint, your reviews and your stars really do help us. And, um, yeah, so I guess that's all else I really needed to say. Are you good? I'm good. Okay, so I guess with that, we encourage you. To rage rage on. on. Bye. Later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's king.
King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.